It's time for the Give Me Zone on the ref. 11. Now this is a 12, guys. Now he's got to start worrying about qualifying for next year's Open and the Masters here. He's lost this tournament. He'll end up selling Countess Maritimes and renting golf carts the rest of his life. We're talking PGA, college, high school, local courses, and the latest golf news. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Yeah. Okay, you can owe me. Now, it's time for three tremendous slouches. Well, we're waiting. Brian Vineyard, Josh Helmer, and Matt Reynolds. Ah, good morning, everybody. It's a duo of slouches, at least to start. We'll see about Matt Reynolds at some point hopping in or not. He's. Uh, do we know what he's up to on this Saturday? What's he busy with? Uh, no, no telling. He's probably on vacation somewhere really extravagant and just want to give us the cold shoulder, you know? That's all right. Well, n- no worries. We we understand that because, hey, football season, it's just about here. And then, you know, really all of us, it's kind of grind season after that. We've got so much. We've got pettiness to get to from the FedEx Cup playoffs. We've got a judge ruling to talk about. But before we do any of that, Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard, who just got back from the Mecca of golf. Oh, yeah, Josh. You know, Bandon Dunes is the Mecca of, you know, Scottish-type golf here in the United States. Sporting the new polo, too, which looks sharp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, their their pro shop cost me a small fortune bringing shirts (laughs) back for the boys and and, you know, hats and all the good equipment. But uh, for those of you that haven't been, you must go to Bandon Dunes. And Oregon's extremely difficult to get to unless you're rich enough to go private jet. But those of us who are not, you know, you either fly through San Fran and get there or you go to Eugene and go the cheap route like we did. And we went there with eight other really big slouches. And, and we, we tore it up for about four days. But I'll tell you what, uh, the course is out there phenomenal. Got to play the new Sheep Ranch course, and it's really, really good. Many holes right on the ocean, as with Bandon Dunes, the original course. But I'll tell you, Josh, I made it through all five rounds without hitting a ball in the ocean, so I did not slice one dead So I may have hit it 100 yards left on those holes, but I did not lose one to the ocean, which I was kind of proud of myself. But my team in the Ryder Cup style, we got drove seven to three. You talk about just drubbed. I think we lost it on the selection show. You know, it's one of those, you, you know, that it's won or lost on the first team. <laughs> draft well, day. During the draft day, we, we were defeated. The, uh, we did full handicap. The guys that got all the pops, imagine that. They won. The guy's getting all the strokes. Yep, got to stay hydrated out there, right? Uh well, hydration was a key. You know a cool thing? My caddy the first day is Kurt Katayama's younger brother. So we got to hear a lot of war stories about him being on the bag for his brother. I was like, is there anything you can share on the air? Oh, wow. All I know is there's some brotherly love is why he's not on the bag. But that guy is a phenomenal caddy. He's caddy for a lot of other tour players. And I'm not going to tell you which caddy said this. But who's the guy, and they many of these caddies have caddy for tour players, who's the guy that you would think is the biggest jerk on tour, according to them? Uh, Patrick Reed, Phil Mickelson. I mean, those are some of the popular names that I think get 
tossed around. Definitely Patrick Reed. Well, Patrick Reed was my first guest, too, so we were spot on. I was like, it's got to be Patrick Reed. He kind of acts like a jerk. And no, none other than your guy, JT. Justin he Thomas said he is a silver spoon, arrogant. I was like, wow, well, I can kind of see that. You know, he grew up the country club kid. I was shocked. Some of the comments he's made about fans over the years and their engagement or interaction at PGA Tour events. The, if you're part of the – if you're one of the golfers that's a part of the keep it down crowd or don't snap photographs during my backswing crowd, that's never really sat right with me. I get it. The sport's not really designed to have some of that stuff going on. But I've just always kind of been of the mindset – Dude, you're a professional golfer. Like, are you kidding me? You can't handle a little bit of that. And Justin Thomas in the past has kind of been one of those guys. So from that standpoint, and then just knowing that, again, yeah, he did He did grow up in the background to where, Brian, let's call it what it is. I mean, the guy's not scratching and clawing for every nickel and dime that he needs, right? I mean, he came from a wealthy background. Kind of adding it up, sizing it up. I'm not totally shocked. No, I, I'm not either when, when I gave it full thought. But I was like, wow, that, you know, it was interesting. You know, the other, the other interesting thing is when you're out there, there's five courses, right? And they're all totally different. You know, we played Bandon Trails, the first one, where you have one hole that you see the ocean. And the rest, it's all trees. It's like you're in North Carolina. Fantastic course. So how many of the courses did you get to play out there that they've got – Bandon Dunes, Pacific Dunes, Bandon Trails, Old McDonald, is that right? Sheep Ranch and Bandon Preserve. Yeah, don't get me started on Old McDonald. Old McDonald should have a clown's mouth and a windmill on every green. It is the most tricked up, ridiculous course. For those of you going out there, play the other, skip Old McDonald. I said that the first time I went out there. Somehow I let the guys book us on that one. You got roped back in. Got roped back in. I said, I'm going to give it another look, thinking maybe I just misjudged it because I played poorly when I played it. No, no, no. It stinks. It's too tricked up. What's tricked up about it? What do you mean when you say that? Oh, just humps and bumps in the green that are, you know, two feet tall. and It's like circus golf. It is like circus golf. And the greens were so slow. It was ridiculous. And, you know, Sheep Ranch is a new course, so the greens haven't had a lot of time to set in. But they rolled beautifully. And, of course, Bandon Dunes, who just had a big amateur tournament a couple weeks ago, was fantastic. You know, and the guys I'm with, they're like, oh, these courses aren't really hard. I'm like, wait a minute, guys. We caught Bandon Dunes for three days with no wind, which never happens. Right there by the coast. Um, I mean, the, these courses are set up for 30 mile an hour winds. There was a, like, give you an example. There was a par three that I hit eight iron to that last time when the wind's blowing 40 dead into me, I hit three wood. And they're like, no way. I'm like, yes, this is how windy it gets. You guys have no idea. The ball will blow off the green. But, it, you know, it's a fantastic experience. Skip Old McDonald. You know, Sheep Ranch is a new one. It's a great layout. A lot of holes on the ocean, so the views are fantastic. Yeah, I'm just – like, even just here on the Bandon Dunes Golf website, the, the little slideshows that they have for each course that you, you pick on, it's amazing. I mean, the views like you're talking about, it uh, – it, I don't know. I mean, that's probably in some cases – Par for the course, no pun intended for Oregon, but it, it's like 
almost not United States-ish. Well, no, it's the interesting part about Oregon is southern Oregon, where Bannon is, and central Oregon are like two different countries. <laughs> right. You know, s- central Oregon is high desert, so I went there first and played some fantastic golf courses there before I met the guys down and raided for Golf Digest and, and met the guys down at, at Bannon Dunes. It was 95 degrees in central Oregon when I'm playing. Oh, man. And then I go to Bandit in the high 63. You're like, yeah, I like this a little bit better. Yeah. Now, the trick here with Bandit, it's walking only. So we played five rounds in three days. And for a bunch of 50-plus-year-olds walking only, my feet took a beating. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah, you paid for it, right? Oh, uh, well, you So know, there's no car- no carts at all. That's just... Well, if you have a medical exemption signed by your doctor, and we did have a guy with that, and I think he sandbagged us because, you know, he was on the winning team. Let's just call him out. It was Chad Acord. You know, he actually hurt his knee and had a, <laughs> had a torn meniscus, and he was going to bail on the trip. And I said, I think you can get it if your doctor sends a note, they'll let you take a cart. Well, he did. Amazingly, he played relative to his handicap better than anybody. I was like, he wasn't tired. This guy, this guy – Plays well injured, right? Oh, yeah. No, he, he had a fantastic uh, couple of days out there. And, uh, you know, we ended up having to throw him some bones. You know, we lost we lost a little bit of skin there. Oh, no. Oh, no. So I've got to work today, you know, so that we can make this back, right? Got to work. Got to work. We got plenty we can dive into. All in all, great experience, though. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. It should be, if you're a golf fan, it should be on your bucket list. Here's the caveat. They are so full that you need to book 18 months in advance. Oh, my goodness. Are you serious? Yes. So everybody else has it on their bucket list, too. And so if you're thinking about it, let's go ahead and look at 2024 because that's the time to do it. And I'll tell you, the best time of year to do it is they have what they call an Indian summer like they do in San Francisco. So the weather's actually warmer and better in September and October than it is earlier in the year. So that's unusual. And... The caddies were telling us that this is, you know, normally the really windy time of year, and we just happened to have, you know, some weather phenomena, and it wasn't. But Yeah, you got the still wind day, which good for you, right? I mean, you kind of lucked into that one. Yeah, that probably kept my scores down about eight or ten shots around. I can imagine. But all in all, fantastic experience. Highly recommend. I mean, they probably ought to advertise with us after this, right? I would think we can just send this right over, and they'll they'll write us a blank check. I, I think you're right, yeah. Well, we talked a lot last week. I'm glad you had fun out at Bandon Dunes. That's awesome. The courses look immaculate. And, you know, for folks around here, not that you can't play, obviously, all of these local courses in September and October, but kind of always looking maybe for another trip. And uh, September, it can still be really, really hot around here. October, all of a sudden, it can be unseasonably cold in Oklahoma. So you kind of you think about those two months, and if you're trying to playing a trip like you said with that uh the weather being what it is out there where all of a sudden it could be you know great weather out at Bandon dunes then i don't know maybe you start thinking about 24 months out from now 18 months out from now whatever the timeline would be and you book that that trip soon so the live uh, golf battle versus the pga tour of course we've talked a lot about this we knew that um there were multiple golf golfers that had filed to try and get that temporary restraining order to play in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Well, consider that request 
Motion denied. So we can discuss that next. It is the Gimme Zone. We are just underway. He is Brian Vineyard. I am Josh Elmer. This, of course, uh, always brought to us by Elite Roofing Systems. Check them out. Craig Cox and the crew, they are awesome. They've got free quotes. They're bonded. They're insured. Affordable pricing. The OKC Norman location. Give them a call, 405-361-3094, or our Tulsa listeners as well. They can take care of you out there. 918-984-5475, EliteRoofOK.com. The judge says no. No FedEx Cup playoffs for you live tour golfers. We'll uh, chat that up next. It's the Gibby Zone right here. Josh and Brian back with you on the ref. Man, we have got so much to get to this morning on the Gimme Zone. And we've only got, what, about a buck and a half to get to it. Josh Elmer and Brian Vineyard hanging out with you. The Gimme Zone brought to us by the Territory Golf and Country Club out there in Duncan. So let's start here. We knew that obviously there's been antitrust lawsuits filed by, what, 11 golfers that have defected uh, from the PGA Tour to the Live Tour. And we knew that three of those golfers, Taylor Gooch included, filed for the temporary restraining order to try and play in these FedEx Cup playoffs. Well, that temporary restraining order, it was denied. And lo and behold, somebody that has been a cheerleader of cheerleaders for the PGA Tour, Mr. Rory McIlroy, had this to say about, well, the judge's ruling. I mean, from my vantage point, common sense prevailed, and I thought it was the right decision. Um and now that that has happened, I think it just lets us focus on on the important stuff, which is the golf, and, and we can all move forward and not sort of have um, not have that sideshow going on for for the next few weeks, which which is which is nice. Like guys are going to make their own decisions that they feel is best for them, and that's totally fine. Like I, again, I don't begrudge anyone for going over to play live or or you know taking guaranteed money. Like it's. Like if, if that's your prerogative and what you want to do, totally fine. But I think where the resentment comes from from the membership of this tour is the fact that they they want to try to get their way back in here with, with no consequences. And you know anyone that's read the PGA Tour handbook or, or abided by the rules and regulations, um, you know that would that would feel very unfair to them. And that's sort of you know how it played out. And and you know I think everyone that has abided by the rules was, um, you know, again, it's like there's such a long way to go. It's like you birdie the first hole, but you've still got 17 holes to go. But, um, you know, it was it was a good day for, for the tour and for the, the major, majority of the membership yesterday. Okay, so here's what the United States District Court Judge Beth Lapson Freeman of the Northern District of California had to say, quote, the uh, well, the live golf players who wanted to come back to the PGA Tour to compete in the FedEx Cup playoffs, they said that the plaintiffs failed to quote even show that they have been harmed, let alone irreparably. End quote. That's uh, in reference to Taylor Gooch, Matt Jones, and Hudson Swafford. It was, albeit, uh, you know the way Rory was describing it there, Brian. It's. Okay, I, I don't even is, – is it a birdie on hole one, whatever, with 17 holes left to play? That being said, yeah, it, it was a, a win for the PGA Tour. I don't know how substantial of a win, but it's what the PGA Tour wanted to see, obviously, the ruling be. 
Well, Josh, I this I don't think this ruling is unexpected. It, to get an injunction is really hard to do, and it, when they filed it in that district court, yeah, that really wasn't probably the best place to file that. But it is, uh, as they say, in the 15-round boxing realm, round one goes to the PGA Tour. But, you know, I don't think round one is going to be the most important round. Do you? No, I don't. Does this set the stage in any way, shape, or form to how some of the rest of this might play out? Here was uh, what she wrote in the rest of her ruling. It is clear that the live golf contracts negotiated, negotiated by the TRO plaintiffs and consummated between the parties were based on the player's calculation of what they would be leaving behind and the amount of money they would need to compensate for those losses. TRO plaintiffs have signed contracts that richly reward them for their talent and compensate for lost opportunity through tour play. In fact, the evidence shows almost without a doubt that they will be earning significantly more money with Live Golf than they could reasonably have expected to make through tour play over the same time period. End quote. Well, Josh, I think that's the stance the tour is going to take, and they're going to take the stance that we were talking about off the air that Hey, you had the rules in the handbook. We don't know what those rules are, obviously. I don't think they're they're in public realm, but I ha- if they are, I haven't seen them. And we don't know if those rules, by the way, in the handbook are going to hold up in federal court. Yeah, when you start talking about antitrust and, and anti-competition, uh, you know, you, as we talked last week, you start looking at these other major sports, and they haven't done anything to try to squash competition. Clearly, the PGA Tour has with, you know, what their corresponds with the DP Tour and, you know, what's going on and, and how they control the world golf rankings. So it's going to be interesting. What I think you could see, Josh, is this morph into, we're, instead of just having this as an aside, we're going to have two competing tours that just go head-to-head because, hey, Cam Smith's gone, right? That's pretty clear. We'll talk about that. You, you, got, it. you got something great in a minute. And Cam Young's gone, right? I mean, he's a rising star. I mean, the guy's been top ten almost every event. And if you look at his game, it's salty. And go a step further. We hear Matsuyama, some of these other guys are gone. Which would be a huge pull yeah. for the Live Tour. Matsuyama, not really the season, obviously, that he would have wanted in 2022. But, look, we've seen – Hideki Matsuyama win a major championship, right? We've seen Hideki Matsuyama right there at the top of the world of golf, not just winning major championships, but consistently as one of the young stars on the tour. And I I don't know. I mean, has he been dealing with injury concerns of some sort this year? Yeah, he's had some injuries, Josh. Kind of feels like it, right? Yeah, Yeah. he's battled some. He's just not – you know, crying to the public about about him. He's trying to play Which good for him, man. I, I, I dig that. But he, he's got a, a swing and a game that travels, and, and that guy's going to be good for a long time. You combine, you know, combine his length and accuracy, and, and you know, that puts you in a, in a lot of tournaments. Well, and if, if indeed you have a Hideki Matsuyama to go along with, let's think about some of the other stars that have made the decision to join the Live Tour. Not, not your Dustin Johnsons of the world or Brooks Kepkas, because, again, they would be on probably that – that other half of 30, you start thinking about, well, yeah, I think we're going to get a Cam Smith announcement as soon as the FedEx Cup playoffs are over, which more on that in our upcoming segment. We've got a lot to talk about with Cam Smith. But you start thinking about just some of the young talent that you're luring to the live tour. 
yeah, I do think we're headed in that direction, Brian, to where it's going to be two really, really uh, prominent tours competing against each other. And I think that's really kind of illustrated by some of the comments, the pointed comments that guys on the PGA Tour are making. Billy Horschel, did you see this again this week to the Golf Channel? Yeah, what is he doing? What hole is he on right now? What hole is Billy Horschel on? <laughs> Can you check for me? Oh, I don't. Think I like he Billy Horschel. I like on, he's on the driving range. I like Billy Horschel, but hey, what hole Scotty Scheffler on? <laughs> he's on the driving range. Yeah. Here's the quote from Billy Horschel to the Golf Channel. Quote: I've said to some of the guys personally, I think they've been brainwashed. The way they feel so adamant that they are going to be back on the PGA Tour. I've had some of them tell me, I'll see you on tour again. I said, no, you won't, end quote. You know, the, the funny thing about that Billy Horschel quote is, dude, you've been brainwashed. Yeah. So you could probably either side, Brian, point fingers and say, hey, you've been brainwashed or you've been brainwashed. Both sides, yeah, there's a little bit of that going on. Yeah, brainwash is a strong word. I mean, the reality is both sides think they have a valid argument. And at the end of the day, no matter who wins, you're going to have competition between these two tours. When Monaghan drew the line in the sand, it was on. And Greg Norman's had a beef for 30 years, and now he gets to exercise it. So it's on now. And here's what happens. If the PGA Tour loses, guess who's out? He may be out before they lose. It's the commission. Yeah, Jay Monahan. He he's got to be on the chopping block, I would think. If things keep going the direction that we have an inkling that they might, he is just along the way. Eventually, the media, Brian, not us, the rest of the media that has been kind of kind of groveling to the PGA Tour. Let's call it what it is: uh, writing fluff pieces and very strongly being in the PGA Tour's corner and writing hit pieces on the live tour, eventually at some point somebody's going to have to come to the reality of, huh, maybe Jay Monahan kind of bungled this thing. And we've not seen a lot of that from the media, but that day, my friend, it is coming, and it is not too far away, I don't think. Oh, you called it weeks ago. Weeks ago you said it, and so I think you're exactly right. And you know, another thing that, you know, these caddies that, that I spoke with out at Bannon Dunes, they've got access to these tour guys, and they said, mark it down. 100% certain there's many more dominoes to fall as oh, really? soon as the FedEx Cup is over. So, hey, this game doesn't even start until after the FedEx Cup's over. I'm telling you, they said you're going to be shocked at who's going. Wow. Quote, okay. unquote. They did not want to divulge names, but they said they've talked to guys. They said, be ready. Okay, well, that's a great tease for us to take a quick break, come back, and dive more into that because, obviously, Cam Smith's going. Right, I mean, based on what we have seen at the FedEx St. Jude Classic, which, if you missed it, little bit of a dust-up involving one Cam Smith. Not of Cam Smith's doing. We'll tell you who the other party was when we come back. It is the Gimme Zone right here on the Ref Radio Network. We've got a bunch to dive into. Who are some of those names, in addition to Cam Smith, that just might be going to the Live Tour that's interesting. I've got some thoughts on why that is the case, why as soon as the FedEx Cup playoffs, boom, are done, we might see some more dominoes fall. So Josh and Brian hanging out with you. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. More to come on a Saturday. Back with you. It is the Gimme Zone right here 
It's the Rep Radio Network, baby. On a Saturday, Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard. Boy, Jimmy Eat World, <laughs> little Skip City right there. Sorry about that, everybody. We're back. It is the Gimme Zone. So we, you kind of teased a little bit of a bombshell right there before the break. And, you know, you start talking about folks at Band and Dunes that have connections to PGA Tour players and sort of know some things that are not public knowledge yet, right? If they're under the belief that there's going to be more and more big names and some surprises headed to the Live Tour, my initial reaction is Live Tour's got staying power, man. And we've talked about this as this year has unfolded. There there were maybe bumps in the road where you could have seen the Live Tour not be successful. But ultimately, at this point, Brian, I just think the Live Tour has demonstrated, hey, we're, we got – Piles of cash, which that is an important resource here. And I know that that's a point of contention for many out there that are anti the live tour. But that big pile of cash isn't going anywhere. And as a result, this live tour, because of the success that they've been able to demonstrate and they've had, and now that word of mouth is coming back to guys on the PGA Tour. Brian, I mean, this thing, it's not going anywhere. He who has the gold makes the rules, Josh. That's the old saying. And think about this. When Cam Smith goes, and he's going, that's arguably the best player in the world. And when that guy goes, how many more of the top players are going to go and say, hey, all the momentum's over here? Where do you end up, Josh? You end up at a point where, hey, we've got guys of equal footing as far as top 50 players in the world on each tour. Then it's just oh, wow, this live tour, they're playing for $4.5 million an event for the winner. That's right. And the only difference between the two will be the history of the PGA Tour, the pageantry of the PGA Tour. Oh, there's other differences. Don't Let's not forget about they're picking you up in a luxurious private jet, paying for your caddy, paying for their travel expenses, paying your caddy fees. Oh, I mean, the live tour is better at that point. Yeah. I, I mean, for the player, for the caddy, I'm just saying in terms of the perception of the two tours, really by fans, right? I mean, the only difference at that point is PGA Tour has been around longer and a lot of people are more familiar with it. But in terms of the players, in terms of those that are involved on the tour, I I don't know what the PGA Tour has outside of just the history, Brian, that trumps it. No, you're right. And, and, And history means a lot in every sport. But time changes everything, Josh. And the reality is the PGA Tour has been against change. They have fought change since their existence, and they've gotten to be where they want to be a monopoly. They're dug their heels in on over that. It's not collectively bargained like these other, you know, uh, professional sports leagues. You get a handbook that said, here's the rules you play by. You're on tour. Be happy you're here. We're bigger than you are. You need us more than we need you. And I think they're flipping the script, don't you? Yeah, they have taking the power out of the PGA Tour's hands. And the PGA Tour has not liked the role reversal there. And this is – look, I know that he's gotten made out to be this big villain by the media and particularly by Jay Monahan and the powers that be of the PGA Tour. But, guys, this is what Phil Mickelson was trying to say a long time ago, that we deserve a little bit more stake in our own futures. Phil Mickelson, believe it or not, 
was fighting for a lot of these guys on the PGA Tour's presence and their futures. And he wasn't wrong. And yet he was made out to be this big villain. And the more that time goes on, Brian, and the more that the Live Tour stays around, and the more we see more and more stars defect and go over to it, I just think it makes Phil Mickelson look all the wiser. Well, you know, a lot of people poo-poo Phil's comments because he's the age he is and the stage of the career he is. And they say, oh, it's a money grab for Phil. And it, it, it may be partially that for him right now. But the reality is this. This thing has tremendous staying power because they've got the money. They're starting to get the players. As I referenced from my conversations last week, there's more coming. I keep hearing the name Victor Hovland. What does that do? Another top 10 player in the world. Victor Hovland goes with Cam Smith and Cam Young? Look out. And maybe Hideki Matsuyama. He's going to. Like you mentioned, I mean, that's a good little bit of young firepower. Uh Matthew Wolf, is he on the Live Tour? He's already on. That, yeah. That's that's right. Okay, I was trying to remember and think about it. Gosh, they they got a and who knows, right? What Ricky Fowler's future might look like, which we have to talk about him this morning. He's made uh, he's made a change that I think is notable. We'll see if it's actually going to be a results driven change once it's all said and done. But uh, that's that's to come here in a moment. Cam Smith. We know that he's going to the Live Tour, right? I mean, he was asked about it as much this week at the FedEx St. Jude Championship. Cam Smith, quote, I'm a man of my word, and whenever you guys need to know anything, it'll be said by me, which, of course, spawned the natural follow-up. So, are you going to the Live Tour? To which Cam Smith said, quote, I've got no comment on that. I'm here to play the FedEx Cup, end quote. Not a denial. Not a denial of that report that's uh, been out there via the Telegraph that says he's got an alleged $100 million deal with the Live Tour, which what do they have the years on what that deal looks like? Because doesn't that seem low for Cam Smith in terms of the, the numbers there? I mean, look, I get it's Tiger Woods, and he's the greatest star in the history of golf, Brian. But you're telling me Tiger Woods is going to garner – almost a billion dollars of that apparently $3 billion that Greg Norman had to play with. And Cam Smith, who just won the players in an open championship, he's only going to garner $100 million of it? Well, I think a lot of Tiger Woods' alleged money was about his star power and ability to get guy, recruit, Viewers. recruit guys, right? It's not, oh, that too. It's not about his playing ability. He's done. I mean, unfortunately, he's done. I mean, between his age and, and injuries, he's done. The, the reality is – At first glance, it seems a little light, but you start thinking if they have 20 events a year and he can win four and a half million in each of them and gets, what is it, 150K for finishing dead last, I think you're going to be just fine. Oh, look, hey, $100 million is $100 million. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that in – I'd like to see Dustin Johnson's contract, I guess, right? Or Brooks Kepka's, or Matsuyama's or whoever's. And how does Cam Smith compare? Because to me, when I think about the long-term future of the Live Golf Tour, and maybe I'm getting caught up prisoner of the moment of a player's championship win in a major championship for Cam Smith in the right here and right now and the way that putter looked and how stone-cold he was coming down the stretch and unflappable – in a big moment, but man, I start thinking about the long-term future and Cam Smith worth a lot of money to the live tour as compared to some of these other guys. But look, like you said, a hundred million dollars, it ain't all bad, baby. Hey, 
you're you're right, Josh. But look at it this way. Let's go back to the quote that former President Trump said: "The guys that get on early are going to garner the most money." And so I think. These guys that stuck their neck out early, like Dustin Johnson and Phil and some of those other guys, are probably getting that early disproportionately reward. bigger deals and rewarded because they were the first ones to stick their neck out. Now, here's the deal. How many other endorsements is Cam Smith going to get when he's the star of this tour, right? A lot. I mean, a lot. I mean, he, he'll whatever he has right now, okay, those might be a thing of the past for some of these sponsors, but what he's about to get in the future, oh, man. Yeah, he's going to be making so much coin. And if you had any thought that maybe Cam Smith was not headed to the Live Golf Tour, first of all, we see there in the comments on Wednesday that there's no outright denial from Cam Smith of, I'm not going to the Live Golf Tour. Okay, so that's that's point A. Point B, did you see what happened between Scotty Scheffler and Cam Smith the other day at the uh, FedEx uh, St. Jude Cup, the the championship here? It is so abnormal, if you missed it, people. Scotty Scheffler walks directly through Cam Smith's uh, putting line, right through his, uh, his read. And for casual fans out there that maybe don't really understand the gravity of this, look, uh, that's like uh, – Brian, I'll just let you take over here. I mean, the unwritten rules of golf or baseball, wh- whichever sports you want to pick, I mean, this is something that flat out – it's like – it's like spitting in somebody's face. I mean, you don't do it on the golf course. Well, you know, given all the comments by Rory, I might have expected something like this from Rory. Really didn't expect something like this from Scotty Scheffler. It is the most unsportsmanlike, low-class maneuver, and then he glares at him as he walks by. I tell you what, that mu- he must have had those inner longhorns come out because that's what happened right there. He became a Texas longhorn again for a moment in time. And I tell you what, it changed my entire opinion of him, and it is so disrespectful. Golf is a game about honesty and integrity and and rules, and that violates all of these. And Cam Smith's reaction was golden. He just kind of looked at him like, really? Like, really, mate? (laughs) Really, mate? I I can, like, hear Cam Smith's brain in that moment, the way he looks up and looks over. Like, dude, are you kidding me? Here's the thing. What – is important to you, Scotty Scheffler, doesn't necessarily have to be important to Cam Smith or any of these other golfers. And when we get into the comment like Billy Horschel made, oh, they've been brainwashed, this is why I come back to it and say, dude, you have been brainwashed. Both sides have very strong opinions, and there's nothing wrong with Cam Smith saying, look, I want to cash in right here and right now, and I want to be – the face of this live tour. I can understand where that would be a very attractive option to Cam Smith. And just because, Scotty Scheffler, you grew up here in the United States, guess what? Cam Smith didn't. And so what's important to him in terms of his professional future and his golf future isn't necessarily married to the PGA Tour. And for you to not understand that and to disrespect him as both a – golfer a professional and really just at a human level brian i just thought was i'm with you i mean i'm kind of out on scotty scheffler i think going forward well let's step back and look at scotty scheffler's background he's a rich country club boy that played at royal oaks in dallas a very expensive affluent country club same country club that produced justin leonard it's a fantastic course i played it but it's 
uber wealthy right around there, and it, it's no cheap get to get in there. And how is what Cam Smith or any of the others live tour guys doing any different than, let's just say, an NBA player that's an outstanding player that chooses to play for a subpar team for a massive contract instead of taking uh, maybe a veteran minimum or somewhere in between to go make a run at a title, and we're all going, how can he not want a title? Well, maybe that $100 million is more important to him and his family and, and, and his children's children and all of those things that we don't think about. Why should I judge what's best for you or you me, right? Everybody makes decisions based on their own circumstances, and why would we feel like we should get in the middle of that? Well, and this is not a great example for Cam Smith, but for a Dustin Johnson or a Phil Mickelson, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, is anybody going to judge the guy for taking $50 million per? He, he didn't make the Tom Brady decision, but you know what? What does he owe to you? What, what does he owe to you to make the Tom Brady decision to take less money? Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVPs, if he wants to be the highest-paid quarterback, if that's important to him, then be the highest-paid quarterback, right? If he's cool with one Super Bowl ring, you can apply these same sorts of rules to the game of golf here. Yeah, oh, well, he takes $50 million to play for a team that's probably not even going to make the playoffs this year, right? They lose their best receiver. The receiving core is totally depleted. I mean, they got a bunch of stiffs they're throwing out there. I mean, he's like, hey, I'm going to bank my $50 million. Great, and I'm going to play a lot of golf here in about two years. <laughs> right, and I'll be hosting Jeopardy as soon as I'm done. Be he's hosting pre- Jeopardy as soon as I'm he's done. He's pretty good at that, by the way. Yeah, it would be fun to to see a little bit more of Aaron Rodgers in that type of role. We could safely say, though, right? I mean, the Scotty Scheffler exchange with Cam Smith, he's gone. He's going to the Live Tour. I think that just kind of put the icing on the cake, don't you believe? I 100% think so. Which I've got a timeline to share with you that's pretty interesting this morning from uh, from uh, Forbes on just the start to where we are right now in terms of the Live Tour. So that's pretty interesting. We can talk about that this morning. Ricky Fowler, he has ended a longtime partnership. We've got that to discuss as well. It's the Gimme Zone. Josh and Brian here with you on The Wrap. So I'm looking, Brian, and I share this with you here, the Forbes story in astonishing six months for the Live Golf Tour, where it was, where it's been, and, you know, where it's at now. When we think about it, was the biggest hurdle for the Live Tour the publishing of that Phil Mickelson deal by Alan Shipnuck? I mean, was that the biggest roadblock for them I know that now they're in this antitrust lawsuit and of course that's going to be a big piece of the the future puzzle here for the live tour as well and we'll see that there's a another fight to be waged out there for the official world golf ranking points as well I almost think that you know as I look at this timeline dating back to that February 17th deal where those comments from Phil Mickelson were published there was such an outpouring of outrage toward the live tour and what these guys were joining that just getting past that hiccup and the PGA tour trying to strong arm early. I kind of think that was the biggest hurdle they ever had. No, Josh, I think you're right. You know, and there was a lot going on behind the scenes, obviously before, you know, general public knew about any of this and let's not give Alan Shipnuck any airtime on this. I mean, yeah, we got to come up with some kind of nickname for uh, him. He's a tool. Let's just go with tool. Um, the, the tool. Yeah, the, the reality is Alan Shipnuck 
did kind of put this in the in the limelight, and I and I do think that was a big hurdle. But but hey, let's look at what the six last six months look like, and let's look forward to the next three months because I think there's going to be some fireworks, some fireworks. I mean, we're not going to get any legal action or anything before then, or any decisions. We may have some more lawsuits getting filed. Who knows on that? But you know, as some of these dominoes that are projected fall and some of these others that we're being told by our sources that are going to fall, boy, it could get juicy, right? Uh, it can get great, which, which is good for us. The Live Tour, thank you. It's the gift that keeps on giving for this show, the Gibby Sun. So real quickly, just this six-month timeline kind of looks like this. Mentioned February 17th. That was when the uh, excerpt from about Phil Mickelson with him saying what he said from the uh, – well – you know the excerpt. It was shared on February 17th. May 31st, that's when we got the Dustin Johnson decision that he would be joining. June 6th, Mickelson officially joins. June 9th, play uh, officially begins in that London event. June 22nd, Brooks Kepka joins. July 11th, the PGA Tour confirms to Forbes that uh, it's under investigation by the Department of Justice. July 12th, Tiger Woods uh, shares his opinion, tears into the Live Tour a little bit. July 19th, former President Donald Trump insists that all golfers should go ahead and take that money right now. And then Trump uh, competes in the Live Golf's Pro Amateur event ahead of its tournament, July 29th through the 30th. That was on the 28th. Charles Barkley, July 29th, he's uh, flirting around with joining the Live Tour. And then uh, August 1st, first, Greg Norman confirmed that they had a big, big money deal for Tiger Woods. Uh, August 3rd, DeChambeau, Mickelson, and nine other players, they filed the lawsuit, which kind of gets us up to speed with where we're at right now, where you had the uh, temporary restraining order that was put down. But, man, and that probably leaves out quite a bit, Brian, over the last six months. Yeah, those are just the highlights. I'm sure there's lots of other going on behind the scenes that is not being reported. But, hey, look at the timeline. Just gone from every three weeks to about every four. 10 days or five days, a big announcement's coming out of it. So it is on. Last night, Jay Monahan rips out his hair, the timeline from the Live Golf Tour versus the PGA Tour. Many angry days, I'm sure, for one uh, Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour commission. All right, that's it for hour number one. Ricky Fowler, there's been a firing for Fowler. We'll talk about it next. Hour number two, Josh Helmer, Brian Vineyard. We call this the Gimme Zone right here on The Rev. And we want to say thank you to Craig Cox and the crew. Elite Roofing Systems, they're always bringing us the Gimme Zone. Free quotes, bonded and in, they are bonded and insured, if I could speak for you on this Saturday. They've got affordable pricing, locations in both Norman, the OKC area, and uh, in Tulsa. OKC number to call, 405-361-3094. In Tulsa, 918-984-5475. Online, EliteRoofOK.com. Where do you, I want to talk about Ricky Fowler. He has made a change away from his longtime caddy which we'll see, right? I, I don't know if maybe that's the fix that Ricky Fowler has been waiting on or needing. Ultimately, he, as kind of Ricky Fowler said, probably just need a putt better is uh, step number one. But before we dive into that, where do you kind of stand with just the FedEx Cup playoffs in general, Brian? Are you, 
are you all in? Does it have your attention? Where where are you at with the FedEx Cup playoffs? Well, historically, Josh, and this year, you know, although I'm fired up to see J.J. Sponti off today, um, historically, it's like, eh. You get to the Tour Championship, the last event, It ha- I mean, it has a little bit of excitement to it just because it's worth all that money and because we had it here at Southern Hills for a couple years, right? But the reality is people have turned golf off this time of year because guess what we have? College football and pro football. And outside of Ryder Cup or President's Cup, you know, this is just a attempt by the PGA Tour to stay relevant. You know, they, they up the money because the players basically forced their hand and said they're just not going to play anymore. And the reality, here's what you have. Look at your leaderboard. J.J. Spawn, Troy Merritt, Straka, McCarthy. Oh, Cam Smith. They're not going to mention him, are they? Nope. You get further down the leaderboard, Tony Finau. I mean, the tour is pulling so hard for Tony Finau this week because right. how bad is it going to look if Cam Smith wins the tour championship and then leaves? Man, I let me just tell you, for no other reason, and probably there's some folks out there that feel like we're very – pro-live tour and anti-PGA tour and really if anything I'm just anti the way Jay Monahan I think has handled this situation from both a public relations standpoint and the future of the PGA tour I love the PGA tour I like the PGA tour I also like golfers having the freedom to choose when and where they want to play so you know to me it's not so much that I'm just anti 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 PGA tour or pro 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 live tour I'm just, I guess, pro the the freedom of choice in that respect of where you want to play as long as things, you know, without me seeing kind of what the PGA Tour handbook is or the PGA Tour Bible is, Brian, I mean, it's hard for me to say why can't you play both or why can't these two tours kind of exist? Why why can't they uh, exist together? So from that standpoint, I'm rooting for a little bit of chaos with Cam Smith. I think it would be interesting just from a drama standpoint if he wins this week and then turns around and wins the Tour Championship. I mean, does the PGA Tour have the stones to not award this guy Player of the Year when he's clearly under that circumstance the Player of the Year, Brian? I mean, could we see that? Well, we talked about that off the air. I think your analysis is spot on. I I, I as well am very pro-PGA Tour. I love the PGA Tour. I grew up watching it, still enjoy it. But I want the best players to be able to play where they want to play. I don't think anybody should dictate for an independent contract you can do this or that. I know they sign the PGA or they have to follow those rules. But do they have any input in those rules? I've never heard about it if they do. You know, have they ha- have they got to bargain those rules? I got a feeling in the future they will. Right. That, I mean, we're that, probably headed that direction. That part's going to change. It's not going to be like, okay, some Jay Monahan-ish guy makes the rules and you got to follow them. But – Here's the deal. Let's picture this. Cam Smith wins the FedEx Cup. He's getting the crown. Should be obvious player of the year. And who do you think they would give it to to shun him? It's got to be Rory McIlroy, right? Because he's been their, he's been their front man. Don't, don't they need him to win an event in these playoffs, though? If they're going to – like, doesn't he have to win at the Tour Championship or one of these playoff events leading up to it? He does, or he's got to make a major run. I mean – He's going to have a tough time making a run this week because he's on uh, his second hour of the if, driving range. If Scotty Scheffler walks through Cam Smith's li- line a couple more times through the playoffs, he might win player of the year. 
Yeah, Scotty, I think, has uh, puked down his leg as far as winning the player of the year goes. I mean, he came out early, but he's kind of hadn't done a whole lot late, right? I mean, he's had a lot of miscuts. Yeah, not since the Masters. And, you know, his ball striking's been all over the place. I mean, he's hitting it all over the yard, and as good as his short game is, it can't even bail him out because he's not getting it on enough greens to make birdies. You know, you get up and down for par all day is fine, but birdies is what makes the day on, on these to win an event and make the cut. But man, how we're gonna find out how petty the PGA Tour would be if Cam Smith wins the FedEx Cup and does not get Player of the Year. We're gonna find out real quick, right? And how funny would it be when they hand him the FedEx Cup and he goes, "See you, mate. Going to the live." <laughs> It'd be cool if he announced right there, wouldn't it? I mean, uh, that'd be so great. You talk about an uproar, right? Oh man, no way. I mean, <laughs> no way that he would do that. But in a made-for-TV moment. And if I'm Greg Norman or I'm the anybody associated with the Live Tour, I'm saying, yes, yes, baby, announce right here, right now. It would be, man, I, were you a, a wrestling fan at all? I never really was growing up. I know a bunch of other people that uh, my friends that were or, you know, for example, Plank talks about his uh, love for pro wrestling a lot, uh, pro wrestling a lot. That would be the ultimate pro wrestling type made for TV move, right? Like, see you later, guys. I'm going to the live. No, it would be funny. And I was, I was a real wrestler, and so you, it's hard for me to get behind pro wrestling. No, that it's makes sense. Acting, you know. I spent ten years being a real wrestler, and so uh, you wouldn't know it by my body shape today. But um, the, how funny would it be if Cam Smith wins and and Scheffler's standing there and he walks by and sh- just shows him the trophy and smiles and walks off saying, "You can walk in my line all you want, but I got the hardware and the big check." Why? Did these stories start coming out or the ideas start get getting bantied about that the live golfers that signed these contracts weren't also getting prize money? So that's been one of the one of the battles that live golf has been fighting out there. And really, Greg Norman and I'm trying to find this quote here. I'll find it eventually. But one of the higher ups for the live tour came out and said, no, they're separate payments. They're getting their contractual payment, and then they're getting prize money payments too. Somewhere along the line, that started getting reported that that wasn't the case, that, okay, well, you signed the contractual agreement, and eventually, you know, it's like something had to happen in order for you to get the prize money payments. But the Live Tour has been pretty pointed fighting against that narrative. Well, it's it's anything that uh... – folks from the media or whomever can throw out that are pro PGA tour and anti-live to try to, you know, put a chink in the armor of the, of the whole live uh, experience and whole live tour. It's kind of like the, you know, they came out and said the Saudis are the number one backer of the LPGA tour. And then people go, Oh no, they're not. No, they're not. If you look into it, they are. So that's just the reality. It's like, okay, we don't, it's okay that, you know, we hate the Saudis. That's the whole deal. And, you know, you know Phil had his quote, and, and nobody agrees with what goes on in their society here in America. I mean, that's just not the same value system that we have. But how is that any different than the Chinese who every one of our companies buy products from? It's not. And, again, trying to balance between those types of or understand those types of hypocrisies that's what we're trying to educate the masses on right here on the Gimme Zone. Now, 
I don't know. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I think we're doing a great job of that. Other times I read what's out there on social media, and I realize we have much work to be done in that department. Hey, Josh, don't throw stones if you live in a glass house, right? That's what, I, that's what I'm saying, man. That's what we've been uh, discussing right here on the Gibby Zone, I think, for months. So this is uh, what I was trying to share there. The topic came up again Tuesday about players' prize money won in events, uh, not being applied after their respective upfront money. And Judge Freeman said, well, these contracts provide for payments simply for showing up for the first tournament. Robert Walters came back and said, well, they do, but then they have to win money in order to recoup against the contract, so they're a little bit different. The point wasn't really followed up on during the proceedings, but uh, a bunch of folks from the – this is the chief operating officer of Live Golf, okay, in a memo said – Quote, I haven't yet received the transcript from the proceedings yesterday, but it seems there's a misunderstanding regarding prize purses. The issue's simple, and we've addressed it before. Prize money is, of course, separate from the contractual monies that players earn. As you already know, prize money's not subtracted from a player's contractual earnings. That's all there is to it. So I guess what Walter said kind of blurred the lines. Am I reading into that right? Like what he said with the judge – made it seem as though, yeah, well, they've got that contract, but then this and that has to happen for them to actually earn that prize money. Yeah, I think he kind of blurred the line maybe to help his own case. Uh, You know, that or maybe he wasn't completely up to speed. You know, that's possible, too. That wouldn't be the first time, you know, you had somebody go into court that wasn't totally up to speed with all the facts. You know, I've personally seen the digs from inside the private jet. I've seen the picture. It's pretty luxurious. I tell you what. Um, wow. They're not, they're sparing no expense for these guys. So I've teased it a lot this morning and we've worked ourselves up right against the break here. So Ricky Fowler, let's talk about the, the caddy change next. Is it a big deal? You know, I I don't know. I, I don't know what Ricky Fowler has left anymore. It's, it's tough to say. I think that Probably he needed to make some kind of a change, but let's dive into it next. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard. It is the Gibby Zone right here on The Rep. Everybody's looking for a way to beat the heat, right? I mean, it is that time of year. There's only so much summer that any of us can take. And look, if you're a golf fan, that can be a challenge for you. So Indoor 18, we have right here told you about our friends a number of times. That is a great way, Brian, to, well, get your golf game in and not have to go out there and get baked by the sun all afternoon long. Oh, it's fantastic. You get out there and you, you have a multitude of courses you can play on their TrackMan systems. You can see the – you put your swing up there and may or may not like what you see, but at least you know how to fix it by looking. Do you think that they can take you out to Oregon to Bandon Dunes? Oh, they've got one of those out there and, you know – but uh, I would I would suspect they have Bandon Dunes as one of their courses on it. I have not checked through all the courses, but most of those simulators do have Bandon or Pacific Dunes. On well, them. and if they don't, they got something similar yeah. at the the very least. So Ricky Fowler has been man, Brian. I, you talk about somebody that's been wandering the desert for three years. That's Ricky Fowler. His uh, last win, the WM Phoenix Open in 2019, quite frankly, when I read that, 
this morning I was like, did he really win that? <laughs> you know, it's like it feels like it's been further back than that that Ricky Fowler won a professional golf tournament. He hasn't really been close, you know, throughout the last couple of years, really on the leaderboard. He's missed nine cuts this year. Brian, I think he has one top ten finish, and that's it in a, a number of different events. So what has happened with Ricky Fowler? Well, he's no longer got his caddy, Joe Scoverin, on the bag. And Joe's a longtime buddy of Ricky Fowler's. I mean, dates back to before, really, Ricky Fowler was a professional golfer. This, you're talking about an old good friend for Ricky Fowler, who's always been his uh, professional golf caddy. And he has made the decision, Brian, to in that professional relationship. And, you know, what else can you say about it other than probably – if nothing else, why not try it? Well, you know, tour, this happens frequently. Tiger's made caddy changes, right? He, you know, from Stevie. And, you know, here's the deal. is it He's struggling to find his game. And who would have ever thought that 10 years ago? He wins the Players' Championship. He looks like he is getting ready to ascend to the guy that's going to challenge Tiger regularly. He gets the big Puma money and... You know, he's just doesn't seem focused anymore. And for a guy that has the talent he has, it's hard to fathom that he can't get it together. The only explanation I can give is that he's just not committing the time and effort to it. Other things are more important in his life. And and that, that happens. We all go through that life cycle. This, you know, maybe it's caddy fired him. Yeah. They get paid on a percentage of winnings. He's not making a whole lot of money. So, the reality is what, he probably is the one that fired him, but but it's probably a good change for both. He's such a good caddy. He'll hook on with another good bag. And, and he's been in a lot of big moments, you know, because of the way Fowler's early career played out. You think about 2014 in particular, before Rory McIlroy had top fives in all of these majors this year, you know, the last couple of guys that did that before – well, the last guy to do that before Rory was Ricky Fowler in 14, and then everybody else before that won major championships that season. So typically that means you're going to win a major championship. But Ricky was the guy before Rory that had that distinction and didn't win. And yet, guess what? That means that he and his caddy, Brian, they were they were put through the ringer. They were in those big moments. So, yeah, that's going to be attractive to somebody out there. Yeah, it's it, – you know, these guys kind of recycle themselves, you know. They're, they're, they're much like many other things in society, these old football coaches that they, they find somewhere else, and he'll, ha- he'll, end up, he'll land on his feet, and Ricky needs to change, if nothing else, to maybe give himself a fresh look and some new confidence. And, and personally, I love Ricky. I think he's got some flair. I think he's great for the game of golf. I think he, because of the way he dresses, he keeps the young fans in. He keeps the OSU contingent engaged because – you know, let's be quite honest, the OSU contention is huge. You know, there's tons of OSU golf fans because they've been great for 50-plus years. And, you know, I know Hovland's kind of stolen a little of that spotlight now, but, man, I'd love to see Ricky get it back. And he seems like a nice guy, you know. I mean, not that everybody on the PGA Tour is a jerk, but Ricky just genuinely seems like a nice guy on tour. It takes time for fans. Uh, he's, you know, the the – some would not like this part of Ricky Fowler, but 
his commercials history. He's a funny guy. He's got, you know, from that standpoint, what you were talking about, yeah, he's got personality to him. So he's easy to root for in a number of different ways, and yet he's not been around in a long, long time. You, you talk about this. He was the last man in the field, Brian, for the FedEx Cup playoffs. And let's call it what it is. The only reason he's in this event is because of the live golfers that didn't qualify to be a part of this event. So that would have been back-to-back years that he wasn't in. He did get off to a nice start, a 565 on Thursday. That kind of looked like, okay, well, maybe this caddy change, maybe this new putter that he's working with this week, maybe that is something that he needed. And then what did he do yesterday? He backtracked with the one over 71. So we're going to see how all of this ultimately plays out in the future. I did kind of get taken by this little quote right here, Brian. Quote, I felt great. It was more so going into this week, not having Joe with me. Obviously an amazing partnership over the years. And this is the part right here, Brian. But it was going to be more about me taking ownership and putting more of a workload on myself and more accountability. I still had plenty of Scovron's voice and one-liners and stuff in my head, so he wasn't on the bag, but he was definitely present, end quote. That part right there, that's the piece that Ricky Fowler has been accused by myself, you, pretty much anybody that's followed the world of professional golf is... Heck, uh, who was it that worked with Ricky for years that used to work with Tiger Woods? Oh. His swing coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm blanking out. Anyway, but but the reality is there's a fine line between good and great for these guys on the PGA Tour, and you can see how quickly Ricky fell from a top ten player in the world to a guy that's struggling to keep his card. And there's so many great golfers out there. That if you're not putting in the Butch work, Harmon, by the way, Butch Harmon. Yeah, I was like, I, I was picturing him. But I couldn't uh, couldn't compute. But uh, if you're not on your game and not putting in the work, somebody's coming for your spot. I mean, I played like our friend Josh Krill, who was on our first inaugural show. He got on the tour this year, and he it was a really tough year for him. And Josh's a fantastic guy and a fantastic golfer. And now he's faced with having to go back to the Corn Ferry Tour next year. He he finished, he literally had a putt on the last hole of about 20 feet. I think if he made it, it would have kept him, you know, provisionally on the tour. But now he's having to go back. But that guy is a grinder. He will suck it up, go back, and he'll get back to the tour. But it just shows you how good you have to be and how much you have to work because there's three or 400 players out there that on any given day can beat you. The guy that I think a lot about on tour, Brian, when I kind of dissect these last couple of years for Ricky Fowler and wonder, okay, could he get back, not even to every week what he used to be, but a semblance of that to where he can actually contend in some events worldwide and professionally. I kind of think about Matt Kuchar, who had an extended period where there were concerns about Matt Kuchar keeping his PGA Tour card and what his future in the game of golf was going to look like. And not to be the bearer of bad news here for Ricky Fowler fans, but Ricky's not getting any younger, and he's kind of been in that world where the future of Ricky Fowler outside of just sponsor exemptions and the popularity and wanting to have him around, the golf doesn't match up with 
Ricky Fowler sticking around on the PGA Tour, the DP World Tour, you name it. Yeah, maybe he could get some sort of contract just based off his popularity, tossed his direction from the Live Tour. But, man, I don't even know if the Live Tour is necessarily going to be knocking down Ricky Fowler's door to get him over there because of how poorly he has played for an extended period of time. With all of that, in, with all of that being said, there is a path forward, I guess is what I'm saying, Brian, to where, okay, you can wander the desert for an extended period of time and still find your way back. Golf's hard, man. We've seen this happen to players before. Oh, yeah. You've seen guys like Keegan Bradley that, that really couldn't find their game for several years, and he's played phenomenally this year, you know, just pretty, pretty surprisingly. And, you know, the, the comparison to Kuchar is pretty spot on. You know, I, I think Ricky's got more game than Matt Kuchar, and that's not a knock on Matt Kuchar. He's got kind of a odd swing. Ricky is so much more fundamentally sound and compact, and I really think that he has the it factor. He's just got to find it again, and I think it really comes down to he did take ownership, Josh, and it comes down to him saying, how bad do I want this? Because it would be fantastic to see Ricky in contention for some majors. I mean, yeah, it'd be nice if he if he played better in these other events, but he's at the stage of his career that really these bigger events are what's important and how he's going to be measured. And he needs just one, right? It's uh, you obviously he wants more than one, Brian, but for him, he was kind of already on that sort of Sergio Garcia trajectory even even back in 2014, that's Eight years ago now, and soon to be nine, he was kind of uh, getting compared to Sergio Garcia. Which one of these guys will win their first major? And each year that goes along, he becomes more and more that player that, yeah, I mean, will he ever win a major championship? It would, for Ricky, just getting one, eliminate that, okay, well, yeah, he is a major championship winning golfer. Yeah, they compared him Sergio a lot, but I'll tell you, Sergio, if you look over the span of that same time period, has played way better than Ricky has. No doubt. I mean, he's been a much a one one across uh, the world of golf, right? And I mean, Ricky's got five professional wins. That's it. But part of it is you look both of them; their lives have kind of taken the same turn at the at, at the exact same time period, and the fact that they both got married, and so family probably became a lot bigger focus to them than the game of golf. And, you know, Sergio's older, too, though. He's probably, what, seven, eight, nine years older. Yeah. Maybe more. But, you know, they these golfers do get a point in time in their life where family takes precedent, and you can't knock them for that. And that's kind of the whole precipice of what DJ and some of these guys on the Live Tour were saying. I would like to spend more time at home. And if I was DJ, I would, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, who could blame him? So, you know, I wish Ricky the best. I would love to see him get his game back and be right there. It would be phenomenal for the game of golf because I think he's such a showman and he's got great personality and the flair. And Golf needs more of that because there's too many stiff people out there on the golf course. There's a lot of robotic guys out there. Just real quick before we hop to a break here, that quote one more time, and this is why I brought up Butch Harmon because Butch Harmon had basically said, hey, Ricky, less social media more work and it does maybe it's lip service but it does grab my attention a little bit when Ricky says but it was going to be more about me taking ownership and putting more of a workload on myself and more accountability maybe after three years wandering in the desert maybe it took that for that to really sink into Ricky Fowler that 
dude, you just can't show up and be the old-school dirt bike boy that is so talented he goes out and maybe wins a major golf championship or contends on a regular basis. You might be past that point now. If you truly, if the game of golf matters to you and being a winner in the game of golf matters to you, probably it is time to take a little bit more ownership and accountability in finding a way to balance that with your personal life. And I, I hear that quote, Brian, and I, we're going to see, right? Okay, it's easy to say that. Now, backing that up and doing that is, is a different story. Yeah, coaches can tell you every, all of that. Hey, you need to get in there and work. You need to work. You work. But it really, it comes down to personal accountability, and you, you see it. It's, you hear the old quote, it's, it's what you're doing when nobody's looking is what matters. You know, when those guys are out there grinding out, practicing, when nobody's paying attention, getting in that work, whether it's in golf or in baseball or in basketball, Man, those guys that are putting the extra work. It generally pays off, and the guys that aren't, it usually shows. 179th, by the way, shots gained, uh, strokes gained, putting this season for Ricky Fowler. Probably not a number that you would have expected for Ricky, right? No. I mean, somebody that kind of the strength of his game or was for a number of years, that's the piece. I mean, look, you can make the caddy changes you want to make, and – I guess it all kind of goes hand in hand, right, the way you set yourself up uh, to attack pins or whatever. But, man, at the end of the day, when your strokes gain putting is that bad, I don't know that it's a caddy problem. No, you eventually got to get the ball in the hole, right? And that's what it comes down to is, is the short game. couple more segments. Josh and Brian, the Gimme Zone right here, brought to you by Elite Roofing Systems. Back after this. Guess you gotta slow your Mustang down. I think we're probably going to be like-minded on this. It's moving day, obviously, uh, FedEx Cup playoffs. We are keeping tabs at the St. Jude Championship from down in Memphis. TPC, TPC Southwind is the course. I mean, don't we want to see Cam Smith, Tony Finau on Sunday? Is uh, it from a television viewer standpoint? I mean, isn't that the best result? That'd be fantastic. You know, ideally – him and Scotty Scheffler, but Scheffler ain't eh, missed the cut. Yep, not sticking around. Hey, if PGA Tour has any guts at all, they pair those guys together next week, first two rounds. It would be good, wouldn't I it? I mean, how good would that be? Let's just go ahead and get it on. Game on. No, and I promise you the PGA Tour and their leadership is dying to see Tony Finau because he's been so great over the last several three weeks. You know, he's won, and he's – very likable guy. He's, you know, by all accounts, by fans and his fellow players. So they are begging for that or a, a JT charge or somebody. Because you look at the rest of that leaderboard. Uh, you know, Ryan Palmer, that doesn't do much for you. Let's play this little game right here, okay? You just give me – I'm jotting down spaces on this notepad for bullet points, okay? Live golf, in your mind, what are the positives – not – specifically for the live tour but for the game of golf in general we can do like a pros cons list if you want but i'm looking particularly specifically for pros right here what has live golf added to the game of golf just worldwide in your opinion well i think first of all it's uh 
you know, PR, right? Any any news is good news. You know, your, your golf is getting talked about at a time when golf is usually non-existent, right? It's usually third or fourth on the option. I mean, baseball's higher than golf this time of year. So I think from that perspective, I think putting the players more in control like they are in this situation, I think is going to enhance the game of golf because we're going to have fewer events that – are worth more. I think what's happened, PJ Tour, you have so many events and so many of them are like, you're like, eh, it's the John Deere Classic. Oh, to wow. where basically you only care about the majors, right? You only care about the majors and the rest of it, it's like so watered down. Who cares? I agree. I mean, that that's the biggest factor to me. And then, what you know what? The other thing I think is getting more of a worldwide presence and having the star player from each part or each country in the world that's this well represented. I think they're doing that. And I, I just given the players the say is my point. Let them have a say in, in what goes down. I know it, it's not that way on the PGA Tour. PGA Tour has been fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But if they don't make major changes, I think their future could be much different than their past has been. So just to recap that right there, PR – it's been good for globally the game of golf in that respect. I think we both agree potentially, and we've we've seen this by the PGA Tour ramping up with bigger purses. I would kind of toss the bigger purses together in with less watered down events. the The larger purse means guess what? The PGA Tour has told you, okay, it's not just these four majors and the Players' Championship. No, we we view the Memorial, we view the Arnold Palmer, we view a couple of these events as our signature, our flagship events outside of major championships. I think that's positive for golf, right? To say, okay, in addition to the four majors, here's here's the the big big events on our calendar schedule, right? It, it, it ramps it up. More worldwide presence. We agree that that's good. And then the, the player autonomy. So the, the reason I asked this question, Brian, the situation with Scotty Scheffler and Cam Smith, I don't know that that's going to be the only time that we see something like that now and going forward. When I see Billy Horschel's comments as well, and I think about that moment right there with Scotty Scheffler, and I think about the staying power that the Live Tour has. Brian, there are lines that are drawn in the sand here, battle lines that they're not going away tonight. They're not going away next week. They're not going away next month. They're not going away next year. Is this potentially great for golf that you've got a Live Tour in a PGA Tour that flat out, a la what we were sold was this rivalry, this hatred between Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. We're really maybe going to be getting that, though, with guys that go to the Live Tour versus guys that are on the PGA Tour and have stayed on the PGA, PGA Tour. There's some genuine, I think, bubbling up hate and dislike for some of the decisions that are being made. And can that be a positive for golf? Yes, it can, as long as it doesn't go too far. But let me ask you this. Cam Smith's a bit diminutive of a guy, right? He's not a big guy. No. Scotty Scheffler's pretty, pretty large fella. Would Scotty Scheffler have the guts to do that to Dustin Johnson? Probably not. I, I know or, he wouldn't be doing it with Brooks Kepka, Right? No way. Because you know what he would have done? He'd have gone right and got in his face and said, don't ever do that again. 
Which, that, that would be pretty good for golf. Yes. And that's going to happen if they do that. I don't see those guys having the guts to do it to somebody that's that bigger of a player. I just... I, I, just, I thought it was such a cheap move by Scheffler and beneath him. I really did. I thought it was beneath him. But, hey, this is going to happen more the more these battle lines are drawn, the more this thing gets drawn out into court and we start hearing the dirt. And especially if the live takes it to, yeah, we're not. Now we're going we're gonna to schedule our events whenever we want and just go head-to-head. And think about some of these events on the PGA Tour that have been the quote-unquote protected larger events like – the Memorial, Bay Hill, Byron Nelson. Look how much Byron Nelson's already gone down, right? It used to be the event. Look at the crowds. Nobody went. Mm-hmm. So as these guys have passed on and get further away from their date of death, do these events lose significance to the PGA Tour? And the Byron Nelson tells us, yes. Well, and I just think in general – Everything on the PGA Tour loses a little bit, right? The the more that you get a Hovland, the more that you get a Hideki Matsuyama, the more that you get a Cam Smith that make the decision to go to the Live Tour. The more guys that go to the Live Tour or that make that decision there, that's why the PGA Tour hates this thing so much, right? Or was trying to squash it. No, they, you're, you're right. Because- they know that it devalues what they've got. You're exactly right, and and you can say that the PGA Tour is deeper. Of course it's deeper. It's way deeper. But the reality is the fans want to see those top 30, 50 players in the world, and the more of those guys that go to the live, the more it waters down the PGA Tour. Because no offense to J.J. Spawn and Troy Merritt and Denny McCarthy, nobody wants to go see them other than their family. No. They're they're not they're not drawn fans. Tom Hoagie, I mean nobody's going to see those guys. Um, let me go buy a ticket to go to Southern Hills see Tom Hoagie. No, no, they're going. They would they would have paid up to see Phil, who we know is suspended now. I mean right? I mean Phil's a guy you're going to see because guess what he's going to go for? He's going to bomb it, right? And he's got some personality. He's got yes. some flair. He's got the history to him. Exactly. So here's the deal. PJ Tour better figure this out. We keep saying this week after week after week, and here we go again. It's just one more dumb thing. I think what Scheffler did was dumb. It was really dumb. I agree, and it, it doesn't doesn't make anybody on either side, I think, feel any better. Rory, I'll at least give him credit for this. He, though he's been one of the biggest pom-pom holders and cheerleaders for the PGA Tour, he at least has come around enough, Brian, to the side of, you know what, look, I don't like it, but that's their decision, and I'm not going to sit here every single day and trash every single golfer that makes that decision. Well, let me ask you this, Josh, food for thought here. Is Rory this little change? Is it? Is it because he's hedging his bet in case five or ten of the top players go over there and all of a sudden he's the – Odd man out. Odd man out. He's one of the four or five remaining top players in the world that's still over here. If I was his public agent? relations yeah. <laughs> uh, assistant or agent or whoever, anybody that's representing Roy, I would, yeah, have told him, hey, man, look, I know that you're pretty passionate about this. And quite frankly, from maybe even a moral standpoint, you're in the right here about a lot of what you've said. But from a business standpoint, 
let's not totally put all of our eggs in one basket, right? Let's let's crack that doorway just a little bit. No reason to burn bridges, right? And no. That's a great rule in life. <laughs> yes, indeed. One final timeout. We're back to wrap it up. We maybe make some picks on who's going to win this thing. Spoiler alert, uh, I am rooting for drama. We'll tell you next right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Cam Smith is getting loose. He's getting loose. He is on the driving range. He's uh, several strokes behind right now. He is trailing. The leaderboard looks like this from TPC Southwind down in Memphis, Tennessee. FedEx St. Jude Championship. J.J. Spawn is uh, – I'm assuming these are – are these uh, – oh, no, no, yeah, that's a central tee time. 1 o'clock, J.J. Spawn tees off. Then Troy Merritt, he is uh, 10 under par along with Straka. Those two uh, right there, one stroke behind J.J. Spawn's 11 under. Denny McCarthy, 9 under. M is uh, 9 under par, though he's done for – moving day he shot a seven under today and then you got cam smith who is eight under par and let's see is that what uh our man yeah tony finau is also eight under par as well brian Harmon would be in that group colin morikawa is uh making a little charge make a little run at this thing joaquin neiman as well though he's about finished with his day he is eight under par on the board right now five under today morikawa is uh, four under par today. So, I'm I'm rooting for Cam Smith. I just want drama. I want to see the PGA Tour pinned into a corner and having to make a decision, okay, man, do we award this guy player of the year or not? Hey, Josh, the early scores today indicate the course is for the taking, right? A lot of people going out low, so I think we're going to have some excitement today. Because you're rooting for Cam Smith, I'm rooting for Tony Finau, so we have the Cam Smith-Tony Finau pairing on Sunday. How good would that be? Oh, it'd be great. And Finau, by the way, has a couple of recent wins. Remember, he went back-to-back, so just from who's been playing great lately – Cam Smith, obviously, a major championship to his credit very recently, a player's championship before that. And Finau, he's got a couple of uh, wins uh, recently as well. So that would, just from even, you know, who's been playing well recently standpoint, it would make for a a great little Sunday duel if it's those two. Hey, and Finau's a gentleman. He's not going to walk through his line and then turn around and give him a snarky look. Finau's above that. Yeah, he's not a scumbag like Scotty Scheffler. The old Longhorn in him came out, Josh. Can't, you can't take the Longhorn out of him. It really is disappointing. I, it you is. know, I, I liked Scotty Scheffler, and I don't know that I'm ever going to again now. No, it changes my opinion. You know, I got on his bandwagon. He helped me cash that ticket at the Masters, but it's hard for me to like somebody that does that. It's just golf. That's yeah. just against everything golf's about. You might be obligated by betting law to still still stick with uh, Scotty Scheffler now into the future. Hey, speaking of betting, I had a three and a half hour layover in Vegas on the way to Oregon. I had to go to the Caesars Sportsbook and Oh, it's so nice, isn't oh, it? You know, you know, I just couldn't resist going under the ten total for USC. It was just so obvious. Go under. Well, I, I think that's a good number that you got. Yeah, and I took over on Baylor. I think Baylor's gonna surprise people. What was their what was their uh, over under set at? Uh, nine, nine, yeah, yeah. I, I, felt, I like that. Felt too. pretty good. Uh, Push is probably your worst case there. Yeah, I would say the sooner and me took the over in OU, but uh, you know, nine uh, and a half for OU. Yeah, yeah. So 
I like that. Hey, you know what? We are here at the ref beyond the home of the Sooner fans and this great golf show. We also have the best high school sports coverage in the metro area. We will be doing all of the streaming for Edmond Public Schools, Deer Creek Public Schools, Moore Public Schools, and Norman Public Schools. We will stream, with your assistance, Josh. That's right. Over 500 events this school year. KRefSports.tv. Yeah, KRefSports.tv. Hey, and if you want to advertise your business, contact info at kref.com because guess what we do? We are a true partnership with the school systems and we do have a profit share with them. So the money and the profits do get shared back with the school systems to help fund their athletic departments and certainly want to thank Norman Public Schools for many, many years ago being the first to jump on board with us. And now we've got the North Metro covered. It is going to be fantastic. And you just simply, you're not going to find that anywhere else in the realm of high school sports. Hey, how many of our other competitors do this? Zero. Zip, zero, nada. Yeah. And it's been fun. We we had our first event uh, and, Hey, and it's great. We have week. professional broadcasters, play-by-play, color commentary. I mean, this is not just we're showing a stream and you watch it. That's true. That is right. Play-by-play, color. It's awesome. KRefSports.tv. We need to do uh, a good job these next couple of weeks of sharing that with everybody throughout the week. Hey, that's it for us, though. We're out of time. Hey, thank you, Josh. So long for the Gimme Zone. We'll see you next week, everybody.